StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany, as well as the world's first internet radio station dedicated to startups and tech companies. I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of our Entrepreneur Tools, where we talk to entrepreneurs and service providers about problems entrepreneurs are facing and how we can solve them. As you may have seen from the headline already, we are talking today about how to build a tech team, especially the headhunting and the personality part. Therefore, I'd like to welcome back Tim. Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Thanks, Joe. And yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's it's a lot of work as always if you want to be an entrepreneur, but I'm happy to do that. And I love the flexibility. Um, talk, talk about entrepreneurship. Um, we may tell the people that down here in the show notes, there's a link to your last interview where we talked about headhunting, building up teams, um, how to headhunt, what to look for, yada, 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 all the stuff. Go down here in the show notes and there you'll uh, find something. Plus, now, this time, we are talking about how to build a tech team best from scratch. So the uh, the optimal idea every entrepreneur has in mind, well, I have an idea, I make PowerPoint out of that, I raise 10 million with that, and then I come to you and we build a tech team. That's how it works, right? Yeah, that, it's that simple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Um, we are talking about building a tech team. Doesn't necessarily mean an on-location tech team, but a tech team that has to work together. And I do believe since you're the headhunter, you're more focused on the people and less on the mm-hmm. technical skills. They they have to have them, uh, that, but that's something you cannot prove like in debt. That is uh, something the uh, CTO or the founder would need to prove. So what what is the kind of level, what are the kind of blueprint you would need in order to really start headhunting? For example, a um, entrepreneur approaches you and says, hey, uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm short of a CTO. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that can be the case, absolutely. Um, I mean, it, it really depends on you know, where the company is in terms of its journey, right? And and what sort of size it's at. So, I mean, if you're, obviously, if if someone comes to me as a founder and they want a, a CTO, then, um, and, and this is perhaps their f- first or second employee, then, then that's a completely different search to an organization that um, perhaps has been going, you know, one, two, three, four years has funding, you know, series A, B and wants a CTO, you know, what is, what is already there? You know, is there a tech stack decided on? Is there a, is there a, a product, you know, is this a software startup or is this mm-hmm. an e-commerce startup? So the, obviously the situation differs um, and in terms of how I would approach it in, in, depending on the situation of the startup. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, you, could you give us one or two examples? Uh, let's say classical case, uh, e-commerce startup and something really deep tech working with AI. It's 
both startups are very new. We're focusing a little bit more on the newer startups here, even though we have scale-ups and bigger tech companies here in the interview as well. Um, because I do believe that's something um, entrepreneur needs to think about, need to worry about, because your first few hires, they are very important for the success of your company. And therefore, you should really think it through. So how would you approach, let's say, a team of two or three founders and they're looking for a CTO? I mean, I would. Uh, so first of all, I mean, they need to um, always always think about why, right? Why are you hiring this this person? What does this person need to do? Um, what skills does this person need to have? You know, and then I'd look at the human skills of, okay, well, what what are the, the values and behaviors that this person needs to encapsulate to, to be the right person for this, for, for the startup? Because that's also important. It's not just the, you know, the right people for the right role, but for the right company as well. So these are, are things that need to be taken into consideration. The, um, you know, the, Yes, the skills, the experience, but also the, you know, the human side, the the, the values and the behaviours of this person. So, I would say that if somebody's coming to me, you know, what they need to be clear on, you know, what 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 helps me is that you've got to have a number of things fixed. Right, the first thing is um, just as you would present for a pitch, I need to have the the company presentation, right? You know, what is your, what is your company about? You know, what, what problem are you trying to solve? Um, how do you solve it? Who is your, who are your customers going to be? What is the market? Um, that, you know, so that I can actually go and find those people, right? That I can, I can present this and get people excited. I need to understand what it is that you're doing so I can, in, in, entice and sort of inspire a candidate because you know you you're probably not going to be able to do it with money at this stage as a startup you know you, you you're not a, an enterprise client so you need to sell to people's um, emotions and, and their you know get them bought into the to the vision and the purpose so we need that we need to know what your what your company does and um, also then I talked about this is what are the company values if you have them, right? So, so what are, what are you looking for as a, as a person, you know, are you looking for someone, you know, what, what could it be, right? Could it be, you know, integrity? Could it be gratitude? Could it be um, entrepreneurial? Could it be teams, teamwork, you know, what, whatever those values are, what do you want me to, to, to find, you know, how does somebody, how do you identify someone to fit your company? You know, then then we need the we need the job description. What do you want this person to do? Um, you know, are they going to be? Are they actually going to be? Is it is their role setting up the architecture? Um, you know, of the tech stack. You know, deciding on the um, you know on the on all the tech. Right. You know, what are the main programming languages you want to use? What are the you know are you going to be you know you're going to be you know, is this cloud, you know, it's got to be cloud-based in this day and age. Is it going to be Google? You know, is it going to be Azure? Is it going to be AWS? Um, these are the the things that you want to 
um, to to think about before perhaps you get somebody in place, um, you know, because there there's going to be pros and cons to each one. So, um, you know, those are things that you need to consider. You know, is this person going to be, are they also going to be hands-on? They, they probably should be at this stage if you're just hiring a, um, you know, this is your, your first kind of candidate. You don't want someone that just wants to design and an and architect, right? You need someone who's going to roll their sleeves up and actually get their hands dirty and write some code, right? Because you... Yeah, they ha- have to be able to do more than PowerPoint. Exactly, right? And 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 then you you also want this person probably to, you know, to, to lead and to develop and coach people because you probably haven't got the money to hire star players at the moment, right? You, you're probably going to have to do it with, you know, young, hungry, um, you know, enthusiastic junior candidates, right? Um, not all, but, but, but some to get people kind of, you know, utilize that manpower and, and inspire them and drive them towards completing a, a vision, which will be getting your, you know, prototype developed as quickly as possible. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, those are all things you've got to take into consideration, um, you know, with regards to the textiles. And then I've said, you know, what about the, um, you know, also what, what about the financial compensation? What are you, what are you paying this person, right? What, what is in your budget? Um, you know, are you going to do it through purely through salary? Are you going to do it through equity? Um, you know, what does that look like? Um, and, you know, are you going to do it sort of bonus, you know, related, you know, milestone related? Okay. You know, reach A and you receive the X, right? Um, you know, these are all ways of doing it. You know, the other thing I think is, have you got an employment contract, right? This person's going to be an employee. So have you got one? Um, is it, is it good? Has it been, been checked by someone? Cause this is a, a classic mistake that, you know, startups kind of get, you know, they're, they're going through the process of hiring people and then they, they get to the offer stage, they send an offer to a candidate and the candidate rejects because they, you know, they look at the contract and they think, my God, you know, this is, this is not compliant and there are things in here that shouldn't be in here. And then it's kind of difficult to move back, you know, to go back from there. Um, so, you know, it's important to get things like that fixed up front so that you're not kind of then trying to, um, you know, swim against the tide and sort of reverse the situation when the kind of the bad taste is already there. Um, and uh, let, let me let me quickly uh, get an idea, of, like a little wrap up for our audience. What, what we talked so far about. My understanding is first you need to understand the company, the values of the company, the pitch deck, um, and their kind of get a fit for the CTO in terms of environment. You need to know the technical skills they need to provide and um, uh, the incentive structure they are going to put in place. Do you talk to them about the incentive structure? What is market conform? What is not? Exactly. Yes, I would. So so this would be what I want to have at the beginning, right? So I usually, what, what I in the solution that I set up and offer to my clients, I, I get them to provide this information up front. So these are things that you need to think about before we have the first conversation. Okay. And then, you know, then we'll set up an alignment call. So this is where I'll consult the, 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 the client and, and find out from them. Okay. So what is their, 
you know, what are they looking for, right? Is this feasible or is this a unicorn? Um, is, you know, is the salary in line with market expectations for someone of this caliber or, or not? You know, how is their employment contract? Are there things in there that I think are, you know, are, are shocking and need, need rewritten? So, yeah, that this all comes through in a... For, for the uh, shocking content, I would be interested... What what is stupid stuff you've seen in employment contracts? Something like you're not permitted to wear cowboy hats in a, the office or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, things like you know, unreasonable, um, unreasonable notice periods. You know, things that are, um, you know, I've, I've seen this done. You know, I've seen things that of- Not, no, notice period. So you want to leave your job and you have notice period of something like twelve months or only at the end of a quarter or something like that. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You could have, you know, six six months, for example, you know, that's a long time, you know, um, mm. or, you know, perhaps if it's sort of like one day, for example, um, you know, you, you also sort of get people, you know, and there are, there are obviously restrictions in Germany. You know, Germany is a different um, country with different employment regulations, right? And you can't, you know, this is sometimes difficult when you get companies from the US who are setting up entities in Germany and they need to be educated on, you can't have that in the contract. You know, there are things like, you know, paternity leave and maternity leave are, you know, are it's, it's legal here and there is a certain... Yeah. And you have a minimum, uh, minimum amount of vacation days, 20 something. I know in the US, it's quite common to have just like 10 PTO. And in Germany, when you're sick, you're sick. If you're sick on vacation, you can even get your vacation days back. So it's it's completely different. And I totally get if there's somebody coming over from the US, that's everything I have to offer them. Oh, dang it. Exactly. So there are, you know, there are, there are things that are you know, need to be understood and put into the contract here. And that is also, you know, a service that I would I would provide to a client. What is the most frequent complaint you're getting from like US-based companies when when you educate them on the German employment laws? Because a lot of it is enshrined in some laws, but a lot of it is is also by judges so uh it's it's always difficult and there are different ruling on different things but basically there is like a big fundament where you can build on mm-hmm. and that's what we talked about like legal requirements minimum dates of vacation maximum work hours um mandatory um maternity leave yada 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 that's all the things an employer cannot get around in germany but what mm-hmm. is like the number one complaint from from companies I think holidays is is one that's quite common, right? I mean, you know, in the US, you don't get as many, there aren't as many, um, you know, mandatory, you know, holidays that are given to, you know, employees. And so it's sometimes, uh, you know, difficult to explain to, to um, you know, to clients coming from the US who want to set up in Germany about, you know, the number of holidays that employees get here. Um I just found a list here um, and it says that um, on average in the state of Baden-Württemberg, many people would know, for example, um, for Stuttgart, the headquarter of uh, companies like um, Porsche, uh, Mercedes and something like this, on average, employees get 
28.8, as I said, it's never, so 29 days of vacation. And in total with the public holidays, they're gone for almost 41 days within a year. Yeah. And then, you know, then there are things like sick days as well, right? You know, there are probably an average in Germany, you know, 10 sick days per year. Um, you know, so then you're looking at, what's that? Now we're looking at 50, 50 days out of 250 working days. So that's... Oh, I, I, I'm not familiar with the regulations in other countries, but basically here in Germany, the parents can get sick leave on their on their child so basically if the child is sick uh the mom gets a paid day off uh to take care of her kids children however you want to yeah. call it also fathers can do this and, and there, there's an upper limit to that but that's also legal exactly exactly yeah so so look there are there are differences and i think you know the us is is you know more of a higher and fire culture right and that's 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 possible to do so there are stronger you know definitely workers rights here in 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 germany um and we may just add that it's very very difficult to get rid of an employee if the employee doesn't want that um it's it's usually uh involving either uh long trials in front of um employment courts arbeitsgerichte or a very high payment that and that's usually the case but um now we got this out of the way and shown how awesome it is to be employed in Germany. And I lost all of that since I'm venturing out for myself. So I don't have even a single paid day off. Don't worry, guys, you're not alone. Uh, that's the life of an entrepreneur. We got the CTO, we got him or her, or um, X, how do you call it? Him, her, hired, mm -hmm. and um, or non-binary uh, non-binary person and then what's next how do you then help the startup to build further up the company because i would assume a cto he knows some coders he knows some engineers mm -hmm. he knows some people and is this usually a way the first one or two employees get onboarded or is it something that then the entrepreneur said no we we, we actually don't want that uh we take we take people from wherever and just throw it together a team? It can be, absolutely. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I think especially in the early days, there will there will generally be, um, there'll generally be a lot of hiring that's done from their own network, right? So even with the CTO, it, it could very well be that, um, you know, the CTO is actually a friend of the founders, right? They They've probably, you know, they've come from industry, so they'll generally know somebody that, is you know tech tech minded right and i see this a lot actually that there's a number of um you know startups that that kind of they um they pick their sort of founding team based on the strengths of those people so there might be somebody that is a um you know if it's an insure tech company right so there'll be somebody that is the kind of insurance expert as as a co-founder there'll be somebody that is the the tech expert as a co-founder to take care of the actual, the, the product tech that they're building, the, the, the software or the platform, you know, and then there might be someone who's comes from marketing or sales, right? That will be the, you know, the kind of the chief sales officer or chief marketing officer. So that's one way of doing it is that, you know, founders will have already thought about their strengths and weaknesses and kind of pick their core team to start with, to, 
to provide a right balance of this. Um, and so, and, and that may continue for the, for the early hires, right? That they then know somebody, the CTO, as you said, they've worked with someone they know and trust and um, they get that person in to, to start. And this, this can happen um, using your own network. Would you, would I, would you encourage? I honestly, in terms of there is, there is um, part of the team forming time that is just not there. Teams can perform faster if the people already know each other. Is that something you would recommend or say, ah, you have to look at I, honestly, I, I would, right? In the, in the beginning, I, I would recommend um, people using their own network to start with. And I actually don't very often work with companies beyond this, you know, um, below sort of like five employees, right? Because they're generally, they don't have the money. Um, and I wouldn't actually recommend, you know, I'm, I, I work with clients that I believe I can provide value to. And it's not that I can't provide them with value, but it's, they, they need to be very careful about their spend at the moment. And so if they can find someone through their own network, great, do it. Um, and as you said, right. The, also, also translating into you're an expensive pet hunter. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I wouldn't, I, I don't even believe that. I, I don't think I am, but I can, I can go into that later. But, um, I, I think in general, it's a service that is, it, it, it can be, it's a cost, right? And so as an entrepreneur and, um, so, you know, that's just started up, you're looking to save money, right? You, you, you're being prudent and, If you can outsource something, outsource it. If you can do it yourself, do it yourself. You know, if it's, if it's sort of efficient to do that. And if you can find someone from your own network as opposed to paying a headhunter for it and, and have a good, good result, then great, do it. But obviously, as that company scales, you can't keep doing that, right? You only know so many people. You only have so many first connections, second connections and, there's a finite amount of people that you can do. And obviously a finite, as it gets bigger and bigger, you need to become, you need more experts and you don't know all those experts. You can only know so many people. So you start having to go outside of your circle. And that's where someone like myself comes into, I have a larger network and I have a different network and I can find people and test people that, You don't have the time to do because you're trying to grow your user base. You're trying to get investment. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to find you talent. So, you know, you go to experts like me. If I would now get a little bit further, number four would be um, get get familiar with the restrictions, with the legal restrictions for the employment contract, get an employment contract for your tech employees, for your CTO. Um, next one would be Take number five would be take the network of the CTO to get tech talent, and then I would now deduce somewhere around like two digit employees, something a company around 10 employees. That mm -hmm. is the time you can really think about an external headhunter because, on average, as you've seen, uh, there is an end to the network of the founders, and then you need external help in further developing the tech team, right? Could I, could I just take it back a little, um, 
Joe. And just to, you know, you've said, okay, so don't use a headhunter when it comes to, you know, I've said, okay, um, sorry, you didn't, it's not what you said. I was saying it perhaps might be better to use your own network to start with. That's fine. But what I would consider is perhaps using, um, getting advice on, and this is where I help startups is, okay, what about your hiring process, right? So, okay, I perhaps haven't, um, you don't necessarily need me to find your people, okay? You've got, you've got your network, that's fine. But, okay, what is your hiring process, right? What are you testing for? How are you testing for it? How are you measuring it? What about your recruitment process, right? How are you reducing unconscious bias? Do you know what unconscious bias is? How are you test? You know, these are all things that I can help you with. And and that's, sorry. And that was exactly the point I was going at. Because if if your company scales to like a, a certain degree, my personal experience is something like if I have a, if I had a team of 10, 15 people, I would approximately know what they're doing. But after that, you need to process also to get new employees on board, as you said, recruiting. Mm -hmm. But also what's very important with many uh, startups to get is the onboarding. How do you get people yeah. in the team? How do you show them their duties? How do you make them familiar with report this to that, report this to that? And if you see that, uh, stand up and see the room or something like this, that is something people need to think about. Entrepreneurs need to think about, and it's very dry, it's very boring, but there are a lot of good examples out there for this stuff. Um, do you have some recommendations or can you provide me with a few links that you can link down here in the show notes for people just to start thinking about this, a hiring process, a hiring policy, a onboarding process, something like this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so this, this is what I designed. I, I designed, uh, for, for this purpose. So, so I designed a plug and play, um, hiring solution, um, that would help startups design a fair, a consistent, robust hiring process of, of checking candidates, um, on their using data and, and values in the hiring process. Right. So, you want to hire a, um, you know, a, a front-end developer with, you know, JavaScript and, and React. Okay, well, how are you going to go about that? So, you know, how are you going to test for those technical skills? Do you have your own technical tests or do you need to use a platform for those technical tests? Um, how are you going to, okay, so you've got your values. How do you check for those values? You don't just ask, are you entrepreneurial, yes or no? You know, where's the evidence? How are you going to do that? Where, how are you going to record it? Um, what about, you know, how are you going to reduce biases? You know, a lot of people, and I've done this myself, is the, you know, the kind of the um, um, affinity bias, you know, looking for the mini-me's, right? We, we sort of hire people that are like us. And it doesn't necessarily, and it's often not the case, that they're not the best people for the role. They're just people that we like the most. Um, so how are you going to reduce all these things? And that's why, you know, I designed this process to give people the um, a framework so that they don't have to think about how to design this process. I can give it to them and then we can put candidates through it. And there's also things that, you know, they can, they can do themselves. You know, there's lots of... Um, 
you know, there's lots of different uh, testing platforms they could use themselves. You know, there's lots of um, sort of help on on questioning, you know, or they can, um, you know, they can reach out to me. I'm happy to provide like free. I've designed a, a value scorecard that I give to clients for free that they can just type in their values in there and give them some prompts as to open questions to test. Um, and they can go and do it, you know, because that, that will help them get people who are better uh, matched to their, to their values and therefore more likely to, to stay longer and, and, and add value to the client. Totally. And um, for the onboarding, we are looking for something, but that's also something um, a company, an entrepreneur would need to think about extensively because the better the onboarding, the faster an employee can perform. It's it's really crucial. It sounds like, yeah, well, I show them the desk, I give them some work and then they'll start. It usually doesn't work like that. But um, now we got now we got to the stage, okay, this is how we hire a CTO. This is uh, how we you may or may not use his or her network. And then we get into like a, a hiring policy, onboarding, yada, yada, yada. And um, that is basically the process of growing up a tech team from the little bit more administrative side. Could you also add a little bit of experience, what worked, what didn't work in order to, to build up a great tech team? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, th I think, you know, we've talked about some of them, right? Sometimes when you're, um, as I said, sometimes people don't, um, they don't hire objectively, right? They hire on a CV, you know, and, and they, they, they sort of rely on their, or they've, they've not been able to eliminate bias. And I'll give you a good example. So, you know, just because somebody has been a, um, a developer for, for eight years doesn't necessarily mean that person is right for your team. I'm sure that they can, that person can code. Okay. But if they're, if they are, are not a, you know, if they're not a team player, if they're disruptive, if they're, you know, perhaps, you know, negative or, or um, you know, sort of, you know, not bought into the company vision, you know, that can be a, that can have a sapping effect, right? Um, and uh, yes, plus I, I, I've personally experienced in whatever type of job is out there, there are people who are basically leading their teams, their company, everything has to go through my desk. I have to see everything. And that is not how you can manage, right? A really high performing tech team. And it also has a side effect that this person who is in the center of everything he or she is crucial and they're also the bottleneck so that is something i i'm always looking for um not to get done basically i try to split these duties as much as possible break them down onto team leader level or even lower and that also this breaking down of tasks and um, this this as few as possible reviews but as good as possible reviews that is also something um people need to have the skill for it. it's something you can partially learn but partially it's just uh it's just the the, the personality of people how they work yeah, exactly you know are they and and 
that's the challenge. That is one of the challenges, right? If you've worked in a um, a large organization, you know, in a corporate, and you've used to sort of lots of different tasks being done by lots of different people, then you're going to find it very difficult. And a lot of people do, you know, coming into a startup where you're sort of having to play more than one role and you need to be proactive and um, show initiative and, and, and sort of wear lots of different hats because it just needs doing, right? And it, and it sometimes you've just got to pick that up and not wait for somebody else to do it. Um, uh, speaking about that, have you, what is your experience? Does it work pretty well if you have employees coming from a corporate to startup or is it better for an early middle stage startup to actually look for people who are already at startups? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think it, it, um, it, it depends. I don't want to sort of, um, you know, there are, there are success stories um, for both scenarios and there's, there's failures for, for, for both scenarios. It, it, you know, it really does depend on the person and what their, their mindset is. You know, there are people that have worked in corporates and I know I have, right. Where you, you kind of feel limited, right. And, and you're sort of boxed in and, and you want to, you like to, to have range and depth and do lots of different things. And so, you know, you thrive in a startup because you love the adventure and the challenge and the variety of, of that. Or there's other people that drown in it because they're, it's too much and they don't know where to start and they, they want to be specialized and don't want to look left or right on something and feel overwhelmed. So it depends on the candidate and, and you've got to dig deep into that in the interview process. Um, you know, asking them about their, um, you know, checking, you know, competencies of, of perhaps, you know, where they've been proactive, where they've gone outside of their comfort zone um, and giving you uh, examples to to give you the confidence as an employer that, okay, so they haven't had that experience, but they they could thrive in it. Whereas somebody that's worked in startups, they know how it works, right? You know that they understand what is expected of them. So uh, there's not as much of a risk, but sometimes you sometimes you need to take the risk right because the 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 talent's worth it and how do you work in a startup if you've never you know you never worked in a startup before right you've got to you've got to, everybody has to have a first time sometime any famous last words last recommendations like insider tips how to really get well performing teams together and don't get me wrong i know a very important part is the boss. Um, I've heard frequently that people are coming for a salary and leaving due to bad boss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that can often be the case, right? But you, you know, boss is is, is one thing. But you, you know, I remember somebody saying to me once about, okay, yes, it's it's not just about your boss. You know, you've got to manage up and. Um, it's it's also on you to to influence and shape that environment and have you have you presented feedback to your boss have you told them about the impact that uh, you know first of all are they aware are they aware of the impact that their words are having on you and other people and you know make it observational right don't just 
make it emotional. Where are the facts? Have you presented the data to them that on this day or on this occasion, this was said and this was the reaction or the outcome, you know, so that they have an opportunity to see it? Because, you know, some people just, they're just not aware and their perception and their reality is, is, is very different from, you know, your perception and your reality. We all don't, we don't all think the same. So address it rather than, you know, suffer in silence, because at least with addressing it, you have a chance of making it better. If you just suffer in silence, it's never going to change. There are actually pretty good word, uh, words, and actually people who are suffering in silence, they are much more open to be approached by headhunters like you. That's true. Yeah, they, they, they are. But as I would, what I would say is that if they're not, they also need to, they also need to be accountable for how they conduct themselves in the next company, because the same thing could, this could be a serial problem for you. If you don't, you know, if you don't speak your mind and if you don't, um, you know, provide, manage up and provide feedback to your bosses, then when they do something wrong, they may not be aware and you may get unhappy and you may end up leaving again. And then it's going to be a, you know, I think we all need to be accountable for our, our, our part in a, in a situation. Well, actually, there's nothing I have to add here. Uh, we'll try to wrap up the points you, you've made. I think you made a, a lot of very good points down here in the show notes, and you'll provide us with some links um, for further reading, because uh, in like 30 minutes, 35 minutes, you cannot really build up a good tech team, but we just wanted to get you started on thinking how to do that. This is the start of a journey and it most likely will never end, but you have to get started at one point. Um, in China, they say even a 10,000 Lee long journey starts with a small step and that was your first one towards a high-performing tech team. Tim, thank you very much. It was a pleasure having you as a guest. And everybody who'd like to learn more, go down here in the show notes. As always, there will be Tim's LinkedIn profile and, of course, all the links we've promised, depending on where you're listening this to this or watching this. Maybe the links don't work. Just go to www.startupradio.io forward slash blog and look for our interview here. Tim, thank you very much. I enjoyed again very much having you as guest here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Totally my pleasure. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.